Our next speaker is a man that I have come to trust in everything. There are, there are few people in this world that we can have that deep and abiding and intimate relationship. And yet, uh, for this man, I, I have that. Uh, this man has uh, been for me. And even when I was making some very foolish decisions, he never stopped being there for me, he and his lovely bride. Um, some of the challenges that I faced early on in uh, serving the Lord, I had a, a great fear of man. And that's a terrifying place to be, and I do not fear man. What can man do to me? they kill me, then I go to heaven. If they torture me, I have an opportunity to show the joy of the Lord in the worst of times, just like Jesus. This man has been there for me. His wife has been there for me and for my wife and our marriage. We are strong and whole and growing and faithful because this man has been faithful to the Lord. I laid hands on this man and ordained him to the ministry, the ministry of, of, of teaching. There is a, a, a place for ordained teachers in the kingdom. In fact, there were prophets and teachers uh, that uh, called out and ordained uh, Paul and uh, uh, Silas to go forth. So it's important for us to recognize that men like this recognized for their leadership over the many years uh, then empowered once again by the Spirit through ordination, by God's call. This man is a powerful man. When a church in town had their preacher walk away for uh, a multitude of reasons, number one, he, he was beginning to be found out that he was taking advantage of older couples, and uh, he wasn't making enough money, uh, he decided to walk out on the church. That's sick, man, that's sick. And that's unfortunately what's happening in an awful lot of churches around the land. And so having a relationship with the elder, one of the elders of that church, uh, he reached out to me and, uh, and I said, look, I got some guys. I got one that I know that can, can do this job well, understanding the situation. And so uh, Kirk Parks has stepped into the, the preaching, teaching ministry at the Alvador Christian Church and Man, I'm telling you what, I'm glad he took that job. Because I couldn't have done it. I would have gone in there and just started ripping heads off. I mean, that's, that's kind of my personality type. And I mean, the church would have been devastated. Well, the folks would have been devastated. But, but man, I'll tell you, this guy is long-suffering like the Lord Jesus. This guy is, is so compassionate and gentle. Uh, and in confidence, we, we talk about things in confidence that you'll never know. But, man, I'm telling you what, he is an awesome servant. Now, he's not that charismatic guy that's going to blow your, blow you away, but he is a man deep, deep in faith. Amen. We don't need those charismatic, charismatic guys. We need the guys that are in the trenches, that are loving on people and doing it, and they're doing it because they have great faith. And I love this man. So I want you to bring him on with a 
Huge round of applause. Dear friend, awesome brother, awesome preacher, Kirk Parks. Bring him on. Kurt's done. He's going to pray for our meal. And then uh, if you guys could remember uh, the tables, take your stuff off. We're going to wipe them all down. Get them all nice and smelly for you for lunch. Okay, there you go. All right. You hear me all right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're a uh, double uh, neighbor telling me that uh, oh, about 75% of the people were uh, 60 and over. Well, really, it's about 75% of the people are more like 75 and over. So, most of them can't hear very well. I mean, I don't hear very well, but they really can't hear very well. And, I mean, they just, they really crank it up over there. And, I mean, it's like bouncing off of my side of my ears. So, uh, anyway, um, want to turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Be there in a minute. While you're turning there. What was the percentage of uh, uh, people that uh, appear in darkness? No idea. I mean, what, didn't you say like 60% or something like that? Or what was it in here? About 60%? For heights. Yeah. For darkness. I don't think I took a poll. Okay. You should ask him. Anyway, you mentioned uh, fear of darkness, and I, I can sympathize with you, but uh, <laughs> um, I didn't know that I had fear of darkness until I was married. And so uh, I found out that I was uh, afraid of darkness. Uh, my wife and I had moved in, uh, well, we moved right next to the, the Kaiserlitz. Uh, we didn't know it at the time, but uh, <laughs> they were on the other side of the wall. We uh, moved into a, a townhouse. Uh, it was a duplex, and uh, townhouses, they have, uh, um, you know, you got your uh, lower floor and then upstairs. And, uh, well, in the evenings, uh, you know, we'd head off to bed, and Melissa would go up the stairs, it was the bedroom and the bathroom's upstairs, so she would head up the stairs and I would, you know, start flicking off the lights downstairs. And uh, so she's head up, she flicks off, there's a, okay, you got your stairs, little stairs, then it turns and goes up the stairs, and then you hit the hallway up there and there's a bedroom and there's a bathroom. So there's a lower light down here just as you go up the, the lower steps, and uh, you can flick on the light to the upstairs in the hallway. So she flicks on the light up there and uh, heads on up, and uh, you know, I'm turning off all the lights, and I start on my way up, and uh, well, the lights come off. And uh, well, there's also a light switch up there on top. Not just one down here, there's one on the top as you come around the corner. And so, you know, she got upstairs and uh, headed into uh, the bedroom and she flicked off the light. 
I'm headed up the stairs, and, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking she was going to do anything, you know. But I get up there, and I, I wanted to see where I was, you know, up on the, uh, in the hallway up there. So I go to flick on the light. There's a hand <laughs> on the light switch. And I mean, you know, girl scream. <laughs> and uh, she enjoyed that. And, and, and she, that was kind of the ritual every night. And I mean, it got to be where I was walking up the stairs and the hairs on the back of my neck would stand up because I knew what was going to happen. And so, finally, I was like, well, I knew she was going to be up there. So I go downstairs and I go to flick on the light down on the lower steps. It doesn't go on. She had moved the switch to the middle upstairs so it doesn't do anything. So I go upstairs and she's got that right there. And then I run right into her. Ah! Girls scream again. So I finally figured, okay, I'm going to go right in after her. And uh, so one night I had her, oh, just outside of arm's reach, and I was going to follow her right up the stairs. And, and uh, so instead of flicking on the light, she, she just leaves the lights off. I'm thinking she's in front of me. She goes in, okay, so you got your lower step and then it goes up. She goes right into the corner and I go right by her, not even seeing her. But I'm thinking she's right in front of me. And I'm about halfway up there and all of a sudden somebody grabs me from behind. <laughs> Girl scream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> anyway, I yeah, it's still like that. She knows she doesn't go to bed before me. She's always you know staying up later. But I'll turn off the lights in the living room and head. I always go down to the bedroom and I flick up the light. Then I go back and turn off the lights in the, in the living room. Then I back back. <laughs> So, yeah. All right, let's get to the message. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 32. Writer says, But remember the former days when, after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith uh, to the preserving of the soul. 
verse 34. They accepted joyfully the seizure of their property. Now the title of the lesson that uh, Bill gave me is Courageous in the Lost of All Things. And, you know, I think Bill pretty much gave all these lessons to certain people for a purpose. And he knows that our family have had, uh, we've gone through a lot before, uh, 2008, 2009 hit, and, you know, recession. And uh, you know, I had a pretty good paying job. I've been there for 27 years and uh, over at Marathon and uh, uh, building cabinets. And you know, I was making pretty good money then. And uh, you know, there was like uh, 300 people working there. And in the cabinet shop, I ended up being the last holdout there. But uh, uh, eventually, you know, that job went away. And uh, uh, for several years. And anyway, so, you know, that was pretty tough to take. You know, for, for a man to be able to provide for his family, that is tough. That's really tough. You know, and thankfully, uh, there was a guy that wanted to hire me in, uh, earlier in the summer. And this was uh, November when I was finally laid off for good. And uh, so I. That Friday that I was laid off, I went over to uh, to this uh, friend of mine and uh, asked him, hey, still a job opening? And he's like, well. So he went on ahead and he hired me. Not so much. You know, for a family of four, $12 an hour is not much. You know, 30 hours a week. But it was better than unemployment, you know. But, you know, lots of a good paying job is, is pretty tough. You know, and as a result, we had a house. And, uh, well, we lost that too. And, uh, you know, we lost a lot of money. You know, try, uh, savings, all our savings were completely drained. And, uh, you know, during that time, I lost family. So both of um, Melissa's uh, parents passed away in those few years. And, uh, you know, we lost people uh, through death. We lost people through spiritual death. You know, it's, it's tough to take sometimes. And uh, those, uh, those are terrible things to experience. You know, yet uh, in all those things, God was faithful. God was faithful. But to experience the loss of all things is a legitimate fear. You know, in Matthew 6, 25 to 34, Jesus addresses, uh, you know, uh, those who, uh, you know, worry about what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what will we put on. No, that's legitimate fear. Not having the essential, you know, and so uh, those things are real. To face that thing courageously, uh, we we need to have the right faith. You know, we need to have the right mindset, the right perspective. Let's go to Mark chapter ten. 
Mark chapter 10. Starting in verse 28. Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he would receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and farms, along with persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. You know, Jesus, right before that, he's uh, dealing with the rich, a uh, young rich man. And, uh, you know, that was a hard thing for the, the rich, young rich man to take. You know, being asked to, to go and sell all that he had to follow him. And, uh, uh, Jesus, is, hey, it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom you know, than to go through the uh, eye of the camel. Or a camel goes through the eye of a needle. And, uh, you know, it's not easy. We are rich. You know, uh, they talk about the, the top 1% in the United States. Well, guess who's the top 1% in the world? We are. People would love to have what we have. People lose their life trying to have what we have, trying to get to this country. We, we are so blessed, so blessed. Peter says, behold, we have left everything to follow you. Have we? You know, these guys literally left everything to follow Christ Jesus. I think Peter had a pretty good fishing business going on. Uh, left family, homes. They left a lot to follow Jesus. You know, I don't, I don't know all of you I don't think most of us have actually left everything. You know, hopefully we have left the, the, the old crummy lifestyle that we had before. You know, but is it possible to literally leave everything to follow Jesus and not really leave it? If you are thinking about all the things that you left all the time, did you really leave it behind? No, mentally, we need to leave those things behind. You know, that's what's important. You know, nothing else is more important than loving Jesus and following him. 
Let's go over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Time, you know, 
There was no guarantee of funds going in. Especially around the, the recession time. Yet, he gave it all up. He might you know, completely devote himself to the preaching of the gospel. And so, uh, you know, it is possible to do that. You know, but in your mind, you have to have the mindset of leaving it all behind, count it all as loss, you know, to gain Christ Jesus. You know, mindset we need to have. Give it all up for the sake of, the, of Christ, for the gospel. If you lose it, great. You know, it's the thing, if you have mentally given it up, you won't lo worry about losing it later. If it's taken away from you. You know, that, that's the kind of mindset we have to have. And we've already given it all up. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and we're going to read verse 32. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own. But all things were common property to them. You know, the mind, via the mindset that all that we have is not our own. I mean, that's pretty important. You know, and what's mine is yours. God had just given it to us to be good stewards of. You know. But none of them counted those things as their own. It's just kind of blanking in here. Important to have that mindset. Be able to provide for the needs of others. You have to have that mindset. You know, Jesus said, why worry about what you will eat, drink, clothe. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Again, he said, you left all things, but you shall receive a hundred times as much now in the present age in houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms and persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. You know, that's the great thing of, of having brothers and sisters who do not count what they have as their own. Because to be able to provide for those who are in need. You know, Paul, or whoever wrote Hebrews, he's addressing the folks who lost their property. And they were still alive. 
wagon kicking. Something happened there. Nobody was providing for them, for their needs. You know, not all is lost. We have each other. We have each other. You know, God through his kingdom makes sure that all our needs are met. You know, when when Melissa family and I and the family we we lost everything. We were well taken care of. You know, God had prepared things beforehand. He knew we were gonna lose things. And uh, unfortunately my uh, during two thousand the summer of two thousand and nine, my uh, mother-in-law passed away. And uh, my father-in-law had cancer. And so uh, my father-in-law wanted my family to take care of it, particularly my wife. And uh, so we, we moved out of our door and uh, the house or the place where uh, Melissa grew up or close to it. She was she grew up in the house next door. But uh, so we unbeknownst to us, you know, we didn't know we were gonna lose the house. But God provided a place for us to stay. We had food on the table. I mean it was a much better place than the place we were living at. You know, they had a swimming pool and a hot tub. And after my father-in-law passed away, he wanted us to stay there for five years until Desiree uh, uh, graduated. So, man, Lord provided. And even during that time, the, the church really stepped up to make sure that we, we had what we needed. And so, you know, all we have to do is worry about Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He doesn't want you to worry about that other stuff. He wants your focus on the kingdom. That's where your mind needs to be. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 and 20. About the fact that you are not your own you know, uh, it says, uh, uh, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that you are not your own? Therefore glorify God in your body. You know, you have been bought with a price. You're not your own. You know, you're worried about losing your life. Not yours to lose. You know, or if you are trying to hang on to it, instead of letting the Lord use you, you, know, you want to hang on and, and do the things that you want to do. No, that, that's not a good thing. No, you have been bought with a price, and you are not your own. You are the Lord's instrument, right. his weapon. 
He's the one that gets to use you how he wants to use you. Not your own. Don't hang on to yourself. Right. You know, uh, whatever the Lord wants to do with you, you need to be okay with that. You know, whether we die or whether we live, we are the Lord's. You know, uh, about Oh, probably last year at this time, uh, I was praying uh, that uh, I wanted the Lord to use me more of, more than what I was doing. And at the same time, uh, I, well, I'm older than I used to be, and uh, building cabinets was getting easier. My my shoulders and my neck were in, in constant pain, and it was. You know, the lifting of those heavy items, it was taking its toll on me. And so, you know, I was like, Lord, if there's any other job out there or something that I could do that wouldn't be so uh, uh, hard on my shoulders. And, uh, oh, about a week later, Bill gives me a call and he wants to talk to me and, uh, you know, hey, there's some elders out in Alador that are looking for a preacher. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> it wasn't even a week after my prayer. That started. And, uh, you know, I honestly, I did not know that I would be the preacher out at Alador. You know, I, of course, Six months, I uh, built cabinets, and I also was the, the preacher out there, and uh, doing Bible studies and whatnot, uh, working with the elders, and you know, get kind of tiring, you know, you know, especially after six months, you know, finally starting to really take a toll on me, and uh, uh, but we, you know, giving them six months to find somebody. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. There's like this group out there that goes around looking for preachers. And uh, there's like seven churches out there, small town uh, churches that uh, um, were looking for preachers. And uh, we were on the bottom of the seven. And nobody was getting anybody. So I, I okay, I knew, I had a feeling that I was, Gonna ask to stay out there, and you know what? That's where the Lord wanted me. You know, I belong to Him. And that's where He wanted me. So, uh, the Lord answered my prayers, and uh, you know, out at Alvador, and it's great. You know, uh, Bill Camden for thirty-six years. And not once did I ever think that being a preacher, I mean, that, that would be me. But it really does. It fits me pretty well. And, uh, you know, I'm really loving it. You know, praise God for the answered prayers. Yeah. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 10.
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have a better uh, for yourselves a better possession and lasting one. They joyfully accepted the seizure of their property. Now, I don't think they actually were joyful in that part. They were joyful. Because they knew they had a better possession and an abiding possession. Joyful. Joy in that. Well, what do we take joy in? The things of this world? What do we take joy in? You know, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. What should Christians be known for? Right out of the sheet with the first one. Love. What's the second one? That's right up there at the top. I mean, Christians should be known for joy. You know, Seizure of your property shouldn't take away from your joy. It shouldn't. We should always have joy in Christ Jesus. We have something better. You know, we have something that is forever. Hope, a reward, an inheritance. That's something we can hang hang on to. We need to rejoice. Let's go to First Peter. First Peter chapter one. And uh, I need I, I uh, recruited a couple guys, uh, Josiah and Ryan. I'd like them to come up here because I'd like for them to provide you a visual. They don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to provide you a visual. So, what I want you to do, there's a phrase that I'm going to bring up, and it, the phrase is this. Jump for joy. <laughs> so, yeah, let's practice. So, when I say jump for joy, I want you to jump for joy. Okay? One. Jump for joy. Where's the joy? We need to hear something. Okay, let's try this again. Jump for joy. Woo! All right. So, be ready. Three times I'm going to mention that phrase. So, in First Peter chapter one. I'm going to read something, and you'll read along, and you'll notice I'm going to read the literal meaning. And so, be ready. <laughs> Starting in verse 
verse 3, so 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is perishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you jump for joy. Woo! Even though now for a little while is necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith be more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you do not see him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you jump for joy. Woo! Joy inexpressible and full of glory. Chapter 4. <laughs> <laughs> Peter chapter 4. Verses 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, that those some strange thing were happening to you, but to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that at the revelation of his glory, you may jump for joy. Woo! All right, good job, guys. Thank you very much. You know, the thought of our hope should make it want to jump for joy. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, you know, and when Jesus comes, what do you think we're going to do? Yeah. When he shows up, we're going to jump for joy. You know, with that, that phrase comes up several times in the scripture. You know, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 12, you know, uh, speaking of being persecuted, you know, it says, uh, if I can quote this right, uh, rejoice and jump for joy, for so your or, for your reward is great, for so they purchased the, persecuted the prophets before for you. Jump for joy! You know, we have so much, you know, and, and what we have, it's so great. That hope, our inheritance, reward. Yeah. And so let's not focus on what we may lose. Focus on what we have and what we will gain. That's where our joy is. Let's pray. Great God in heaven, we thank you so much. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have given us hope. So much to look forward to. And all the things that you have blessed us, all our needs that we have, we're just so thankful for those things. The Father, they pale in comparison in knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, 
we're just thankful that uh, we can use those things to share with other people as uh, that Matt was speaking about. And that's why you legitimate. Be blessed as greatly with these things. We might share with others that they have need. Father, we're just thankful that you have given us hope that whatever may be taken away, may or may not be taken away. Uh, Father, we we know that we have a better possession, an abiding possession. Father, may we fix our hope completely on the grace to be brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Father, to your glory and honor and praise. We also want to pray that uh, you would bless the food as we are about ready to partake and that it would nourish us and give us the energy that we need that we might continue to encourage one another to love and good deeds. Father God, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Mm -hmm.